Hello, sour friends. Before we get started with today's show, wanted to let you know that New Belgium's Sour Saison Blending Tour is rolling through Berkeley, and they're stopping at the Rare Barrel. Coming up Friday, July 13th from 4 to 8 p.m., you get to blend your own version of Sour Saison along with a special custom blend experience from the Rare Barrel. Michael Kaiser of Good Beer Hunting will be on site. He's hosting a live podcast with Jay. Dick Cantwell from Magnolia will be there as well. There's going to be giveaways, food pairings, the live broadcast, and oh, so much more. Always a great time to hang out at the Rare Barrel. And for this especially, New Belgium Sour Saison Blending Tour. Tickets are 20 bucks at the door, and we'll get you a rollicking good time. There's no website to go check out. You just get the tickets at the door. Friday, July 13th, the Sour Saison Blending Tour from New Belgium and the Rare Barrel. And now, here's the Sour Hour. The Sour Hour is meant for the serious brewer. The Sour Hour may contain some seriously funkified content. The Sour Hour is not for the faint of heart. So exercise some damn discretion, would you please? Sheesh. And now, here's the Sour Hour with Jay Goodwin. It is that time. Is that better? I faded out real quickly this time. See, it's not as fun, is it? (laughs) Three, two, one. It's that time, Scott. Sheesh. And now, here's the Sour Hour with All right. <laughs> Jay just Producer reached credit. over and mashed, my, just jammed the pot all the way down. You know what you just did? You, I jammed you, the pot while I was uh, driving the car. Pot you reached in. over and honked my horn. No, yeah. no, no, no. You know, honky my horn. Side seat producer. Yeah, I guess so. How do you? How do you think it's working out so far? Great. It's that time. It's the sour <laughs> hour on the Brewing Network. I'm your host Jay here with producer extraordinaire Scott. Hey. With three T's. By the way, now yeah, every thanks. like every email, every yeah, correspondence, everything. everything, you have so many T's in your name. All the time. Everyone emails with Everyone it. It's is, great. It has really run with that. So keep it up. You guys are doing a great job. We're here at the Brewing Network Studios in downtown Concord. Beautiful yet windy day here in Concord. Very windy. It's weird. It was like 95 degrees yesterday, and now it's like 62 and windy. Yeah. It's real weird. It's like Colorado. Colorado's, you know, I've been mm-hmm. visiting uh, satellite studios uh, out there. HQ2. HQ2. And it is, uh, we- it's real all over the map. It's mm-hmm. just like that one day it'll be hot, one day it'll be snowing. Uh, and usually we obviously don't experience that here on the uh, coast of California. It's very temperate. Yep. But it's been real, real weird the last couple of days. Speaking of running hot and cold, Bevo's here too. Hey, Bevo. Oh, hi, Beef. <laughs> That was rude. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, tonight's guest in studio, East of Eden, Alvarado Street, JC in the house. Hey, JC. Hey. We hey. really didn't do the, uh, the voice <laughs> thing. Like, hey, here's who's speaking. This is JC. Hey, I'm JC, and I'm with Andrew. Andrew's here. This is going to be Candace. Andrew right now. Hi, I'm Andrew. And Candace is here, <laughs> who was just dropping the analysis in that first show. 
Hi. Hey, Candace, you can bring the mic to you. You don't got to lean into the mic. Yeah, you just, can, just letting you know. You can be on the show. Yeah. I'm a, a half-silent participant. Candace, during, Get involved. The, she had leaned, uh, during the break, she leaned over to me, and she was like, you know, I just was, uh, you know, I went to use the ladies' room, and I went to dry my hands uh, oh. after watching, and I noticed <laughs> that it brought me back to listening to the, the session uh, before we opened <laughs> the uh, grenade, you know, and I think right either as <laughs> we were building it or right as we opened or maybe both, uh, there was a lot of Dyson hand dryer talk a lot mm-hmm. and uh, I'm pretty sure not me but other people in the room were really flipping out about the the uh, germs these things allegedly right yeah. was that that's what was happening yeah. in, in my yeah. memory <laughs> yeah so uh, she she had a little uh, sounds like a Justin back. and Doc thing maybe I'm pretty sure JP was on that train too right oh, was J- he freaking oh, yeah. out no Justin was all about them it was all JP yeah. he calls JP. them poop blowers <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, it really, it really took me back. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I love what people uh, remember about old shows. It, it yeah. very often is not beer related. It's usually other nonsense. And now in the in the first shows in this studio, was there's more bathroom talk because of the wall that's on my right. The right? flushing noise in the correct walls. Yes, correct. Because there is another establishment. Yes, there is on my uh, on my Ruski over here. Yes, there is. <laughs> and there were noises, but now there's all these ribbed things. Yeah, the foam uh, sound catchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they help a lot. Technical term. Yeah, we're, we're also more dead inside now than we were five years ago, so Much we just don't more. even notice. Yeah, it's like living next to the train tracks. It still happens. We just don't notice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you have people over, and they're like, how do you get used to this? What? Well, used what to are what? you talking about? I don't about? understand. Yeah. If you're used to this, call us, 888-401-BEER. Join us in the chat. Email us. That's what you guys do for feedback. Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Jay at thebrewingnetwork.com. Watch us on twitch.com TV slash Moscow's Poker Tips. Oh, you, that now uh, I will. Forward slash JC is also going to be on this show. It's a long <laughs> URL, but I promise you it's worth it. So, JC, if, if you don't get home tonight, does that mean we can play poker? Oh, yeah. You guys down? Yeah, I, I know. It most ha- definitely means we can play poker. Half okay. of the staff here will be down, too. But I'm sure. going to fold every. Let's- Play. Oh, I, I, play the money. Play. I play tight. I play tight. Every first down, I'm gonna fold. <laughs> oh, a lot of the recent 49er game. teams, but okay. <laughs> let me uh, let me do let me plug my new project as long as we're we're talking about Let's it quickly. Do it. Uh, I so uh, go to Twitch official officially. Yeah, go to twitch.tv slash stones live poker or youtube.com slash stones live poker. I'm doing a commentary for the live stream for Stones Gambling Hall uh, up near Sacramento, California. Mm-hmm. They do uh, TV tables, some of the tables in their poker room. I do commentary, so check plays. it out. That was right. It, it plays right. No? And. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some, sometimes Hands. after third down, I will say you should go for it on fourth. <laughs> yeah. You got to take a chance once in a while. You got to gamble. Yeah. Got to gamble. You got pocket slot receivers. Go for you it. You got Jimmy Garoppelbach in, in the house. <laughs> that was horrible. Is that your new Doppelbach? <laughs> That's the new Doppelbach. Jimmy Garoppelbach. Jimmy Garoppelbach. <laughs> Jimmy stacked the papers like a talk show host. Yeah, no, That's the new thing on this that, show. That's a big deal, though, because you were telling me about it the other night, and it's like this awesome interactive poker scene where yeah. you it's kind of like just how it is if you guys are familiar with you know watching ESPN, World Series of Poker, where you can see the whole cards, right? That's right. Which is, I didn't know that was even a thing outside of like major poker events 
I mean, this is a major poker event. Obviously. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, though. It, it has it, that used to be the case. Uh, in recent years, it's been much, uh, more widespread in uh, in more local card rooms rather than just Las Vegas, the World Series of Poker mm-hmm. on ESPN. Because they used to have little little cameras in the rail of the table. There were physical cameras sure. that the players would show to, their cards to. You'd, you'd have, have to curl up. up. Yep. yep. Now they have RFID chip readers in the felt, so you just slide your whole cards over top of the felt where the reader is, and it reads the card. Is that it, from what's inside the card, or it takes a picture of what's no, there? No, it's in the card. It, there's oh, a chip man. in the card. Pro Very tip, cool. the uh, Ace of Spades, a little bit heavier on the RFID. So, <laughs> there you, you go. Know, just watch for that. The dealer flips it out. Ooh, that came in a little low. That guy's got pocket rockets. Cheating tips you know from Jay on the Sour Hour. <laughs> if you want to angle shoot, here's the show for you. <laughs> I'm trying to drop, like, I'm, I'm emptying my uh, my bucket of all poker knowledge You're to impress You're doing an amazing Scott. job. <laughs> I, I'm blown away. I really am. Uh, well, I did listen, you know, to yeah. the old poker show, but oh, now this is the new, this the is new jam. Yeah. yeah, this is this is TV gig. There's live chat. It's really fun. And you know what? I mean, you, people are tangentially interested in poker. Obviously, there's plenty who are not at all. But if you're, if you're tangentially interested, just like brewing is an endless rabbit hole down which you can dive, you never stop getting better. There's new things to learn all the time. It's fun. It's not your money either. So, exactly. game on. Yes, you can kind of scratch that uh, itch without actually risking anything. It's, you it's, don't it's ever make that I made hand a gesture with my first towards me <laughs> ever again. <laughs> Did you get that on video? That's going to go into the lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> right on video. Yeah. Thank you. And will be the one of the plaintiffs as well, I'm sure. Anyway, thanks in <laughs> There's advance. There's no doubt uh, about that. <laughs> anyone who wants to come check it out and uh, make a deep dive into poker, it's, it's fun. All right. Also, listen live to us this hour, hour, the Brewing Network app. Search BN Mobile in your search bars where that stuff comes up in the search. Subscribe and leave feedback on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called now. And uh, let's see if we have any feedback of review, any reviews of the Fortnite. Review of the week. Reactions from everybody. <laughs> yeah. I kind of take it more from Doug. The cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like the end of the Doug theme song, it's kind of like the yes. Ferris Bueller thing. You know what I'm talking about, Candace? Yeah. This is from Precious John. Five-star review. Precious John says, super grateful for what you guys do. Also, here's a rejoiner suggestion. Fall apart by maps and atlases, specifically from about the 52-second mark. Hope you guys like it. Stay sour, Maps and atlases, next rare barrel beer name. Do you have the word atlas? In any of your beer, map of the sun, do you have anything with the word atlas? No, but I just thought of a beer name. What? That I'm, no, I can't say it. Atlas Shrugged? Can't believe Damn it. Can't be as good as Raging no, Waters. Not that one? Oh, Raging yeah. Waters All right. is the Now, if, if you've listened, if you're a long-time listener to the Sour Hour, and you've seen the meltdowns that are the Rare Barrel Sour <laughs> Hour episodes, I don't know if this ever made the air, but our terrific blender barrel manager, Stefan Nori, is notorious for his reactions to things. Notoriously underwhelming, and you can't really tell what he's thinking. So, we kind of compare it to like Roger Ebert. It's like, what do you think of this beer? And he'll give you like one shrug up or two shrugs up. <laughs> so, maybe our, you know, our, our Stefan beer name is uh, Stefan Shrugged. Stefan Shrugged, that's good. With a picture of Atlas on the label. Because Atlas is like this muscular dude who's carrying the world on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So, we have that 
muscular guy, a barrel on his shoulders, and then just Stefan's face on Atlas instead. <laughs> you you Stephon had me shrugged. Up, up until Stefan's face, you had me. That sounds like an awesome label. All right, here's a little bit of uh, Maps and Atlases. Oh, yeah. No, what did he say? He said 52-second mark, so let's try that. The answer is yes. Oh, this is unanimous like in the studio right now. something a guy named Precious John would suggest. It's so good. It is good. Maps and Atlases. Wow. Good one. Hot thank, stuff. Thank you this for the This is getting played at Firestone this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about this uh, non-yeast of Eden beer? <laughs> yeah, let's talk more. Let's talk more about Working Draft Beer Company. We love our sponsor, Wine and Hop Shop, and we've actually got the brewer, the man, the myth, the legend, Clint, from Working Draft, on the phone with us right now. Clint, are you there? I'm here. How's it going? Going well. How are you doing? We're enjoying your uh, wonderful beers, and uh, it's great to hear you guys are branching out from Wine and Hop. What's your background? How, how did you get into this? And uh, tell us a little bit more about Working Draft. Yeah, so um, I was a former Wine Hop Shop employee myself, that's how I know all those guys. I have kind of been working brews around the area for the last years, about. So I started as a volunteer. I'm just trying to get my foot in the door at a little brewery called House of Brews here in Madison. Uh, that led to a job at uh, Vintage Brewing Companies here in Madison. And that led to a job at Wisconsin Brewing Company, which was kind of where I was for the last three and a half years before the call came to open up a place with my old buddies at the Wine and Hop Shop. That's great. And, of course, we're great fans of uh, Wine and Hop Shop. They've been helping us out over the past several years and uh we've we had uh we opened up the brute ipa in the last show and now we've got the this is the uh the dunkel right yep munich dunkel both very good and thank you for sending such a uh, fresh beer i mean both what, yeah. eight days old very cool awesome yeah uh, we want them to be as fresh as possible so since this is a sour beer podcast can you tell us more about how you make brute ipa <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, again. Um, so the, the story behind the Brute IPA was uh, one of our owners, Ryan Brown, his brewery lives in the Bay Area. And I think uh, a couple of breweries did a collaboration Brute IPA, I believe, for Beer Week. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is kind of the one that tipped us off to the style, and he was really excited about it. We kind of had a nondescript IPA on our brewing schedule, but we knew we were going to do something hoppy, didn't know what. So when he sent that, he was telling us about this beer. sounded something that was right up our alley, something we'd be interested in. We like dry, hoppy beer. We don't like super malty, hoppy beers, which tends to be... It seems like in the Midwest, there's uh, more of a, a tendency for, for brewers to go with more of a malty balance to their hoppy beers. Wait, by the way, did you say that Ryan Braun was a part owner, the Milwaukee Brewers outfielder? No. Not the Milwaukee Brewers outfielder. No, no, Ryan Brown. Brown. Uh, not Brown. Okay. <laughs> not, not disgraced for potential performance-enhancing drug use, as far as we know. No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, we I'm can't Brian, confirm. Ryan Brown was, did some weightlifting in high school. So oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so Ryan Brown under investigation yeah. for possibly performance-enhancing to get yeah. those yeah. 
those pecs and lats. Well, and I want to let you know, Clint, yeah. it's not an outlandish reference. Uh, a Beardy, Brewing Network co-host Beardy, uh, works down at Loma, and one of the investors in Loma is Kevin Euclid. You have uh, a good story about Kevin Euclid, don't you? No, don't. No? <laughs> Can you tell Great us guy. off the air? Great guy. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he called me one day and asked me for... Anyway, we're getting way off track, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. asked me for a reference. Talked to him about Beardy. It was cool. I love baseball, and I love Kevin Euclid. Good times. I just wanted to get you on the line, Clint, just to, to thank you for uh, sending these beers and just uh, let everybody know that you guys are around now and that Wine & Hop is, is no longer just an awesome homebrew supply shop. Yeah, yeah, we're branching out, and uh, we're, we're excited. We're about three months in, and we're staying busy, so... I'm happy. Glad you guys are managing to sample the beers on your show. Oh, it's awesome. They're and you great. send such fresh and wonderful beer. What's next for Working Draft? What are you excited about? Honestly, we're just kind of bracing ourselves for summer. we got a pretty killer location right on the bike path, and we're in a pretty busy part of Madison. So we don't know what to expect with all this hot weather and, um, you know, beer sales going up. So and we're, we're just trying to get by day by day and and see what happens. You know, like I said, we're in our third month, so this is all pretty pretty new to us. I've worked in breweries. I've not run a brewery. so That's a big beer-consuming <laughs> city, I feel like. And uh, my friend uh, JC here from Alvarado Street just passed me a note saying that a bunch of New Yorkers are going to invade your town in the fall. So watch out for all those accents and, you know, non-Midwest <laughs> sensibilities, I'll just say. Oh, yeah. You know about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch out for that. Yep. Right JC on. types, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, Clint, thanks so much for sending the beer. Uh, pass our uh, love and gratitude on to everyone from Wine and & Hop. And, hey, anytime you guys want to do a beer trade, I'm, at least I'll offer my beer from the Rare Barrel. I'm, I'm up for it. You guys make great stuff. And uh, stay in touch, okay? Yep. Awesome, Bobby. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for uh, supporting Wine & Hop Shop, all you guys. The, you keep the lights on around here, and uh, that's that's uh, that's what keeps this show coming to you. So uh, very much appreciated. Keep uh, using them. Keep letting them know that we sent you. And uh, now you can look out for their beer. The Wine & uh, Hop Shop. Wineandhop.com. Okay, right. so what other non-Yeast of Eden beer stuff can we do? Can we pour some <laughs> I rear, see some rear water over, over there. Um, there's that dump cup. That's looking nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you guys want to do next? We want to do the Recollet or the Stone... Let's talk about the Stone Hearted. Stone Hearted. Very good. So this is the locally sourced apricots. Why am I talking? You, you take it, Andrew. <laughs> Correct. So for uh, Stone Hearted, uh, it's a blend of our two uh, fooder beers. So we have two 20 BBL um, American White Oak fooders from Fooder Crafters. One services as a very acid heavy beer, a golden sour that's fermented and aged, mixed fermentation beginning in the fooder. Um, the other fooder is more of a Brett Saison, lower acid, higher yeast character beer. Um, so it starts out in the open top fermenter for about anywhere from five to eight days until it's about two thirds, three quarters of the way through fermentation. And then we move it to a closed fooder at our Brett blend and let it continue to age. So then we have a very uh, yeast heavy beer and uh, acid-heavy beer to pull blending stock from. Um, so for Stone Hard, they both exhibited a very nice uh, stone fruit character where uh, we blended two-thirds Brett Saison with one-third Golden Sour and refermented on local Blendheim apricots from uh, BNR Farms out of uh, Hollister, California. I don't think I've heard your exact protocol for 
like a wild and or sour program before. What caused you to want to do the open fermentation start and kind of this, what we talked about in the last show, and if you're skipping the last show, first off, I don't know why, but go back and listen to it. And okay, you do the the open, which we described earlier, the open and then the cool ship culture and then the bread. How did you build that out? Was that a vision of yours from the beginning or did you kind of take inspiration from another brewery? It's really just standing on the shoulders of giants. Rare barrel beer now. <laughs> exactly. Nice, <laughs> nice reference. But, um, By the way, you're not talking about us, though, because <laughs> that is not our process. <laughs> uh, um, pulling a little bit from every brewery that I've come across and truly been inspired by and um, take a little bit from here and there and uh, kind of create our own approach to beer in general. And luckily, the uh, mixed firm sour beer segment has a lot of room to create your own voice, I feel like, and uh, pull from different threads and bring it all together to one hook cohesive product. The reason why uh, we got into open fermentation, in all fairness, one barrel broker we worked with, uh, Nemo came across JC's desk to have these oak open top fermenters that were previously used for uh, wine. Decided we had to have it. Why not? And then also... um, Hot tub, maybe when we weren't producing sour beer. I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, trying to keep taking a book out of Yana Dates. Uh, book trying to keep the yeast happy it's a very squat uh vessel there's low atmospheric pressure since it's open to our air and uh low hydrostatic pressure because it's very short and wide with the flat bottom of it i feel like we just get a unique ester and phenol profile that is a great jumping off point for mixed fermentation whether we do a clean saison fermentation to begin with or a mixed ferment from the start yeah, I think it was to drive ester profile. Mm-hmm, it was really exactly. like the goal in the beginning and, you know, see what our cultures could do to that in secondary and even, you know, even in primary. I think sometimes you can have this grand vision of what your brewery is going to be um, to do things like this and that. And then something comes up and sometimes that's bad. <laughs> There's been a you know, quite a few of those at the rare barrel for sure. And then something comes up and it's like, oh, this is an opportunity. I don't know exactly how to execute it, but let's go for it and we'll figure it out. And I think the best brewers do figure it out and great beers come out of that program, which I think that's what you guys are doing. We've got another beer open here, but I lost track of time. Scott, are we in the first segment or the second show? Yeah, we're still in the first segment. All right, so we should probably take a break, but let's get out of here with a question or tease a question. It's just a quick tease answer. where they're from because that's really going to get people <laughs> to like just hang in there. Plus, we're also not on the radio, so we're not. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I don't uh, need to explain. <laughs> it's uh, it's from it's from a guy named Jay Jones. It's come from a guy named Jay. So how bad could it be? <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> so Jay's question and all questions are brought to you by Dr. Lambic and his team at Sour Beer Blog. Check them out, Sour Beer Blog, and also check out their new brewery tap room, Central Pennsylvania Mellow Mink Brewing, Mellow Mink. Dot com and we'll Indeed. get to second best Jay's question <laughs> after the break. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more, Zymergy Magazine, and e 
Energy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Hey, c'est Jean de la Brasserie Cantillon. Vous écoutez The Sour Horror on Brewing Wet. <laughs> One more time. Hey, c'est Jean de la Brasserie Cantillon. Vous écoutez The Sour Horror on Brewing Network. Oh, we're on. <laughs> Did you get me there? That's what they do in the background. What do they do, Jay? Wait, no. Don't don't cut this out. <laughs> All right, we're talking away on the Sour Hour. I don't really know what to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> we're back. Bevo, that was for you. I don't know if I can actually make my face look any more disgusting. <laughs> Yo, you can. I've seen it. <laughs> so, Bevo, I think... No, I got did it. Did we already do... Uh-huh. Like, what was our one, our more information? It was, was it uh-huh? uh-huh. Yeah, okay. They're touring. You, yeah. Su- you suggested it last a couple shows ago. Yeah. That was Bevo's rejoin suggestion. Yeah, good. That was actually Scott turning down the music, and all of us just hit that falsetto <laughs> live. Yeah, that was here good. Here in the, the Brewing music's... Network studios in downtown Concord. It's been off for 20 seconds. We're shuffling. <laughs> Oregon Fruit Products. If you want their aseptic fruit purees that are easy to use and convenient to store, they'll give you the full spec sheet on them. How many bricks? How free from bad things are they? They are. Uh, they have no additives, no artificial flavors. Great expression of the raw fruit. <laughs> what are they? Pass- a lot of social mediaing. They're, they're passing oh, around yeah. their phone in here and whispering amongst themselves. Uh, I just want to shout out to my friend Lauren, who's. Watching live right now. Hey Lauren. Hey Lauren. Where's the camera? There it is. <laughs> yeah. No, it's on. Which it's one? on the overhead right yeah. now. Oh, hello. So you know what Lauren knows? She knows that Oregon Fruit loves working with brewers to help us innovate. Check them out. Fruitforbrewing.com. Oregon Fruit. They bring fruit to life. So now we have saison ricotta. <laughs> yeah. Raclette. Uh, Rac. Raclette. Ricotta. Yeah, and this beer is extremely interesting and extremely delicious. So, Andrew, we talked about this during the break and on the way over here. So, tell our listeners what you told me. This is our uh, harvest saison. Um, it in this iteration, it's a hundred percent mecca grade Pelsen malt, um, and then open fermented with uh, our saison blend, which begins as uh, French saison and quote unquote Dupont yeast, um, and we continually harvest off that and. It does change over time, however, so it's open fermented with that, moved after about several days of primary fermentation, moved to a closed uh, square stainless tote on top of 400 pounds of local Cascade hops from Akiyama Hop Farm out of uh, Watsonville, Moss Landing area. And uh, then we pitch our house Brett mix and allow it to condition on those hops for about two months before moving to bottle. So... You know, I wasn't aware that there were hops 
so close, so now I'm going to steal all of them from you. But uh, <laughs> but how is it no. working with you know a local hop grower from you know what I would determine is a non-traditional hop growing region? Uh, it's been great thus far. Sam and his family are great people to work with. Although these were Cascades, they're not. They don't have the traditional char- character of what you'd expect come to expect from Cascade. Um, with this previous year's harvest, this was the. Uh, 2017 harvest i got a lot of very uh floral hay grassy notes and a little bit of uh almost like rose on the nose as well and uh it played itself well with the nice uh subtle malt character and brett funk <laughs> oh that's great yeah my simple I beer totally agree with the floral it's um you know it's not as tart as i would like yeah the uh <laughs> for this show <laughs> it does not fit to the Sour, sour. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm kidding. It's, it's great beer. Um, you know what? This beer could use some acid. Yeah, acid, acid. Um, but one thing, you know, we were kind of talking again off air about is just kind of the dichotomy of the beers we're making, and I, I mean the Royal. We, you know, people who are listening, people who have been on the show, people present company included, where the most you know innovative expressive beers we're all making perhaps don't really actually translate that well to commercial success you know i think grisette and you know just air quotes just hops in a you know kind of like saison mixed culture fermentation what, what what's your guys perspective on that and maybe also a preemptive follow-up is how do we get people closer to where the brewers are where, you know, I'm drinking this beer and there's a reason the bottle's all gone is because I love this. So clearly uh, our consumers tell us it's very easy to move. Uh, there's a lot of demand for highly sour or highly fruited beer. Um, and for us as brewers, uh, I think personally, I tend to trend towards a more nuanced flavor profile and it's a bit harder to move that. We just got to be true to what, we're passionate about and i think if we stick to it and if we keep trying to improve and keep on doing what we're doing i think eventually it'll come around and you know we just need to maintain our approach which is let's do what interests us but let's also you know let's make what people want to and i think it's all about finding balance exactly and um i think for us it's the biggest hurdle for beer like this i think there's definitely a market for it but the biggest hurdle is solely just education people don't understand what these beers are so if you say it's x beer with this fruit or it's just a sour ale people know exactly what to expect but the biggest part is just letting people try it i think for us in our tasting rooms i we've been trying to employ a way of just giving our bartenders some liberty to open up a bottle if people are interested and they're having a good conversation to allow people to try something new that they wouldn't ever tried before this beer is a good example because it's really if you say oh yeah this is a saison with wet hops you know it what they're going to expect is completely different than what they're going to taste totally I mean, it doesn't have a traditional the classic resinous clean wet hop, wet hop. yeah exactly yeah. It's, <laughs> it's opposite into that because the what bread is you know so complex and definitely way more nuanced like andrew said way more subtle but it's a beer that's just very enjoyable to us and mm-hmm. uh, nuanced subtlety. I don't know. I think our target is to create beers that are 
infinitely drinkable if you want to just drink them crush them um but then also the subtlety and nuances there if you want to sit down and explore a glass and let it warm up and evolve the pinnacle of beer experiencing beer i believe is what you're just saying is the classic beer experience where hot day you know do i want wine f no do i want you know spirits or a cocktail well always but uh you know not not right now i i want like a lot of liquid at this moment but do i have to compromise on what that is i mean we all love pilsner as brewers clean lagers and hoppy pale ales and stuff like that that's great but you know where they had the uh, session panel at craft brewers conference and you know they talked about it's it's more broad than just oh you have to be under this specific alcohol percentage it's it's this idea where it's like you know let's take your perfect beer drinking experience not one you've had but maybe one you would like to have you know you're outside you're you know, at a place with great food, you're playing cornhole, your your game's on point, obviously, <laughs> killing it. And, you know, you're with friends. You don't want to, like, have, no offense to anyone out there, but, like, crazy imperial stouts and, you know, quadruple IPAs. It's just not what the moment calls for. You're going to be there for a while. And I think, you know, even if, a beer like this is harder to make and it's more expensive. If you grab, you know, three bottles of this beer and you're with uh, two or three friends and you're hanging out, to me, that's that's what I picture as the it's ultimate beer drinking experience. So, and I think a lot of the beers we've had tonight are are very yeah. much in that in that vein. So, they, 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 thank you. Awesome. What's you know sort of transcendent about this beer, and I have not had any wet hop either Brett only or mixed culture fermentation beer, sour beer, whatever you want to term it, with wet hops before. And this gets me really excited about, you know, this is going back to the whole TED Talk thing. It's like <laughs> we're throwing that idea out there. People, you know, should be looking into, okay, maybe you're getting fresh wet hops at your brewery. Toss a little to your uh, wild and sour program and maybe you'll be really impressed with the results. I think that's a good, I mean, is that how, I mean, did you guys use any of these hops for your regular beers? We did. We did. Um, yeah, we always do a couple. We not, no, not from this farm, not from this farm. We did another local wet hop clean beer, but we also used a lot of Yakima wet hops too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but maybe try it out, make it a part of your program. Um, unfortunately those listening can't, try what we're trying right now but i would give it my my full endorsement so let's go down that well the hopper level if you're growing hops in your backyard you i mean a little five gallon batch of very true brett wet hop beer it would be wonderful i think to your point jc it's not the traditional expression of the wet hops where you're looking for that that freshness that expression especially aromatically i think the aroma that you're probably used to in a wet hop beer in this beer was probably there in a young scent, like when the beer was young. Then it falls off, but then not in a bad way. It that part falls off, and a new chapter begins with interactions with the bread. And then there's a lot of flavor in there, where this beer is the quint. I, I'm using quintessential too much, but the quintessential like, hey, I'm preserving an agricultural product, a place and a time 
which we've talked about on the show quite a bit, maybe it's not the exact same as like, okay, I'm rubbing the wet hops in my hands and smelling it or putting it into my, you know, fresh hop, wet hop, pale ale or IPA, but maybe you get some aspect of it now months later that reminds you of it. And that's what preservation, that's what sour and wild beer, I think can do to kind of elevate all beer styles. Hashtag biased. Quintessential. <laughs> I wanted to read off some uh, synonyms of quintessential because okay. I was like, oh, what else can he use? Yeah, help me out. I'm going to write them down. Classic, which you've already used. I uh, used that already. Typical. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Ultimate. And ideal are the top of five here. I use ideal a lot. Ultimate seems a little bro-y. But that's we are Santa Barbarians, Scott. Yes, so. we sure are. So, yeah, the, the ultimate time of my Gauchos. life was living in Isla Vista. Uh, ultimate, bro. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Let's get. Let's open that other beer. Huh? Yeah, and w- while you're opening that, I want to pay off Jay, Jay number two, second best Jay's question oh, from thank before you. the last. That's break. why he's the best in the business, you guys. It's actually not even a question. Jay Jones writes in Scott because I let my OCD get the best of me. Goza is pronounced Goza. P.S. Love the show. Seriously, it has pushed me into mixed fermentation and sour beers. If it weren't for the show, it may have taken me a hell of a lot longer to bite the bullet, or possibly not at all. Thank you, Jay, for the email. I do know that. I I, I know that it's Goza, but I think there's a thing where it's kind of like Porsche and Porsche. Yes. Where it's, I know it's Porsche, but lots of people say Porsche, and it's easier to say Porsche. You know, life is too short. This is just my opinion. But life is too short to be a grammar or pronunciation cop. Well, I so, wouldn't go. I mean, so who do you think you are? <laughs> I mean, all my dad jokes are just for Bebo. <laughs> just for that. I love I turn They're around. all so great. You can't, if you haven't watched live, you can't look in the studio. I go emphasis on the dad joke and then quickly it's look over to Bebo. Wheel around in your chair. And to see her Bebo's look expression. of disgust is. Very fulfilling for me. I'm glad. I'm glad I, I can do that for you. I also like Beeve that you have variations on your disgusted look. Like it's not the same look every time. You're, you know, you, you take it in many different directions. Well, like sometimes I'm impressed by how bad they are, <laughs> <laughs> and then other times I'm just like, like they hurt a little. Ooh, you yeah. Cut it out in post. And sometimes they're funny. Yeah, one out of ten. <laughs> but not. But not. not, not I, I no, 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 like, no, 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 oh, no. Yeah, nailed it. Okay, like like once that was funny. I probably just what? I probably, I probably only made ten dad jokes ever. <laughs> that that was another one. <laughs> oh, she's quit. She took off her headphones. I'm done. Okay, now we have another beer open. Oh. Wait, did we answer the question fully? It wasn't a question. It, he just was telling me that it's Goza, and I, I oh, say right. go, he's right yeah, that and I say I goes all the chastise time. Chastise him. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jay. Uh, but I'm not going to change. I like saying goes. Okay. What's, what's this beer? What's you guys? the beer? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Oodalali. <laughs> this is uh, Oodalali. Um, it's a uh, mixed fermentation sour beer, aged in oak for about a year in uh, mm. neutral wine barrels, and then re-fermented on local alala berries from a uh, Gizditch ranch. God bless you. <laughs> and um, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> Bevo. You missed that dad joke. Oh, uh, where is she? She she left the building. She threw her headphones off and stormed out. She's not into oh, it. Okay, bye. Bye. So um, this kind of continues our trend of the brewery, um, where aside from cr- trying to create beers that are easy drinking, so you can just drink them whenever, but also they're as complex, where you can sit down and analyze them if you choose to. With our name, East of Eden, it's obviously referencing the John Steinbeck novel, East of Eden, which is about the... Oh. <laughs> 
Salinas Valley. I knew it sounded catchy. Sorry, I continue. Um, which is about the Salinas Valley, which is where we're located. And uh, so we're trying to utilize as many locally available resources as possible. Um, very early on, we were using malt for wireman, from Wireman, which is a great malt. But now, since then, we've moved towards using a lot more malts that are closer to home, like Admiral Maltzings out of Alameda, uh, trying to use as many California products as well. Thus, the local wet hops, the local apricots, the local berries. Um, we're trying to not just create beers for the sake of being local, but trying to source the best ingredients as local as possible just to have a uh, beer that speaks to the region and thus the Some name. terroir. Exactly, yeah. Ter what? Terroir. Terroir. <laughs> Terror. <laughs> Terroir. I think that's great because I'm, Air, you know, we look for, and we're lucky. We're all in California. We look for local ingredients. It comes down to the beer, right? You know, it's like you got to, it's yeah. got to be good stuff. Exactly. And I, this beer is very good. So um, what I think my next question is the same as everyone else listening. The ears of our nation ache to hear this answer. <laughs> that's called poetry, Scott. Terroir. <laughs> You're welcome. What the hell does an Alala berry taste like? Uh, so an Alala berry is pretty much a bastardized blackberry. I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's a mm. blend of or a hybrid of a a blackberry, a youngberry, a loganberry, and probably something else. Um, and uh, for me, in its raw form, I get a lot of uh, it's ve- it can be very jammy, but then also there's some very subtle floral notes which i really enjoy and actually have come out more in this finished project product once the sugars have been fermented out where um for me on the nose there's a lot of uh rose and hibiscus and then mm. it finishes with a very like tart jammy characteristic berry profile that's one of the most accurate flavor descriptors i've ever heard for because <laughs> <laughs> the rose and hibiscus totally there jammy blackberry no idea what a young berry is or a Logan berry, although I think he used to work at the Rare Barrel. Logan but, berry. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. Good as last name. Logan yeah. berry? Yeah. yeah. So th- this has like, um, you know, maybe as described, if you were just hearing us describe this, you might imagine the, you know, you've drank jammy, you know, mm-hmm. berry-y beers. But I don't think you've ever drank it. This is unique. I've never tasted anything like this because it has some other element going on. That's because it has everything you mentioned. You know, it's tart. It's berry. It's it's like uh, it's pretty dry. At least it seems like it. It also has like you bit into like a seed from a kiwi or something. You know what I mean? I can definitely see that. Best way I've come to describe it is that it's a brambly berry. It has this brambly character where it's just a my way of saying a kind of more rustic berry character you have the experience of the whole fruit it's not just the flesh you get the berry and everything else with it right right do you guys ever enter this beer in a competition we have not no i don't we'll be right back on the sour hour hi this is ryan whedon the host of a new podcast called branding brews branding brews is a show focused on marketing branding and design for the beer industry I have spent over 14 years as a professional designer. As a host, I bring my knowledge to the show to interview other great beer professionals. Whether you're thinking about starting a brewery, already own a brewery, want to learn more about marketing beer, or you're a seasoned veteran, this show is for you. This show will cover topics such as rebranding a brewery, package and label design, crowdfunding, design, social media, plus much more related to promoting and creating a great beer brand. Make sure to check out the show along with useful show notes at brandingbrews.com. 
You can also subscribe to the Branding Brews podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Again, check us out at brandingbrews.com. This is Avery with Two Brown Thumbs from Jester King Brewery in Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. And we're back. What a show. It's always great having in-studio guests better when they're friends of ours and better when they're just great people who make great beer. So happy to have you guys. He used to be in Alvarado Street. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been great. We got more too. We're right? just having, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Andrew's we have got more. Just, yeah. Got more. Oh, a new yeah. bottle. Oh, send it. Send it. Before we uh, dive into that, JC told me during the break that he's got something just from the heart that he wanted to say. You know, I really just wanted to talk about Neshamani Creek Brewing. They're a three-time Philly Beer Scene Magazine Brew of the Year. Incredible. Is that right? Uh, two-time GABF Vienna-style lager medal winner and a bronze for the smoked lager that we had earlier on the show. Right, Jay? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. pretty good. Croydon that is was, burning. That was fantastic. Yeah. Did, how many times bronze? Uh, it was a one. T- I think it was a one-time. Actually, two-time I haven't updated bronze. my copy because they won at GABF, where you guys won also for your East of Eden beer. Mm-hmm. We were very lucky. Mm-hmm. Renovated tasting room with a variety of beer styles from hoppy double IPAs to sessionable and poundable lagers. Well, how dare you make eye contact with me when you said that? <laughs> Is it poundable or crushable? I looked at Jay and I said poundable. Slowly looked up from his... <laughs> seemed like the right thing to do. Is I have a pink eye for Look up. Locked yeah. eyes and said poundable. Uh, they got poundable. Poundable. Some oat fermented <laughs> saisons and sour beers. Free brewery tours on Saturdays. New second location opening three springs ago. Oh, nice. Thank you. <laughs> Check out NeshaminiCreekBrewing.com. Poundable. Now, I actually have a, I have another flavor from Neshaminy Creek, generously sent in by Jeremy, continuing with the non-East of Eden beer theme on these shows. <laughs> this is this is sour. This is Redentum. Oh. This is their Logic and Reason Saison, conditioned and fermented in barrels for two years on peaches and mangoes, then blended with fresh, fooder, fermented Saison, Fetch. and Tribute Triple. All right, well, since that's not poured yet, let's talk about Vlur... Or whatever that is. So this is uh, <laughs> visceral. Visceral. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> um, however, it is spelled without any vowels. It's a little scratched out on the back, which is where I was trying <laughs> yes, to read it from. <laughs> yeah. So this is um, a gin barrel fermented in age saison. Um, so we got these gin barrels from the awesome Venus Spirits out of uh, Santa Cruz, California, which were, was on the uh, Heads and Tails podcast as well. Yes. Is that right? Boom. They uh, make Ooh. phenomenal spirits, um, their gin being one of my favorites, but then also they have their gin blend too, which is a uh, gin that's aged in uh, charred American oak barrels. They changed up the botanical profile a bit to suit the American oak uh, flavor and aroma, so it's a lot heavier on sweet uh, orange peel, uh, cardamom, and coriander. And uh, we got the barrels freshly emptied to us, uh, moved in some uh, golden, quote-unquote, golden base wort, pitched our mixed culture, and allowed it to ferment and age over the course of 10 months. That's great. This, and Scott, by the way, when I referenced in the last show, 
that we had some yeast of Eden beer mm-hmm. open when you came by. Yeah. This was the bottle that we had open, actually. Mm. We had this uh, right next to our uh, Alchemy and Magic, right. which is oh, our nice. gin uh, barrel beer. And oh, then nice. our also our, I believe, the other beer. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Tyler, our uh, sales manager, who's obsessed with spirits and craft beer, look him up on Instagram, Rochambeau74. And if you want to D- DM him, yeah, trade. <laughs> um, he loves gin, and uh, he's into cocktails. But the gin barrel-aged beers are kind of, that's his jam. So he brought out, I'm, I'm pretty sure he brought, or you guys might, you guys probably gave us this beer. And then he also brought out, I think we had a Breakside Brewery, which, who we also had on the show yep. just a few shows ago. Ben. A shout out to Ben. I mean, what a two two brewery matchup to go against us and we got crushed well <laughs> too too self-deprecating so that that was the theme of the night was you had uh, me getting crushed yeah was, was jay's beers coming in perpetual second place to everything else that was there now i'm so blown away by the um you know i mean the flavors are obviously like really robust but for something that's so dominant like gin barrel and like juniper character there's subtlety to the way that these are presented in this beer. How do you achieve subtlety with such dominant flavors? Honestly, um, for me, I think what really helps pull this beer together with the bold and brash uh, gin, what you'd expect from gin characters and some of the more subtle nuance of um, like a Saison ester profile um, is that just charred American oak that brings it all together. And I, I'd love to take credit for this beer, but honestly, it's very well pulled together and it's characterful of the great barrels we got from venus spirits i think but the alcohol helps too we were blown away does, when we got jc yeah it always does <laughs> we we set this in for testing and we were blown away when it came back at 8.8 percent. and i think that kind of higher alcohol sort of balances the acidity it so provides true. that balance yeah i mean the aroma on this is nuts it's great and it, you know you say higher alcohol and if I'm listening to this podcast right now and I'm hearing 8.8, I'm imagining in my mind, ooh, okay, I'm drinking that beer and it's going down and, okay, I get a little bit of warmth or burn in the esophagus. I don't get that at all from this, Yeah, actually. So I know you said, uh, I'm going to pick on you right now, JC, but pick you away. said uh, higher alcohol. And sometimes when I hear that, there's kind of like two meanings, right? So you have higher alcohol, which is like, I don't know, above 8%. And it's a general term for beers that are higher in alcohol. But then I think there's also like the fermentation uh, byproduct of higher alcohols, which is kind of more like the... Fusel. The hot. You can Mm -hmm. smell it sometimes, but then you you often feel it. Mm -hmm. And for as much as you guys might have picked up, from the gin barrels in this, man, there's none of that. Yeah, none for of me. Yep, I, I would peg I don't know, what do you think, Scott? Yeah, I would peg it at what like six percent. I mean, if you had to keep blind guess, I, I would. I, I didn't know there was gin six. And oh, it's a botanical, you know. There's a little on. sweetness in there for me that yeah. would indicate mm-hmm. that it's a higher alcohol. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think we were lucky in that you know there's a lot of cultures going on. There's a lot of characters in this beer that kind of prevented you know major fusel alcohol production and kept it sort of relatively clean in terms of of that and at least the perception of it smooth i mean i don't think we were purposely trying to make this beer really high abv it was kind of by surprise we were targeting six and a half and didn't expect the 
large pickup from the very fresh barrels. Pros. Which is a testament to the beer because yeah. if you're targeting lure and you got that much pickup, it's got a lot of character for sure. It, it's it's everything you want and nothing you don't. Exactly. I, I feel like totally. Thank you. Thank you. You guys Thank got you. lucky. Wow. We did get lucky. <laughs> we absolutely got lucky. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, we were both kind of like, whoa, coming in hot. <laughs> well, and and you know, take heart, homebrewers, because you know, even you know, even some of the best pros making some of the best beer on the planet. You know, well, even just the process. You know, there's so many different parts of the process as opposed to you know the clean side which is pretty easy <laughs> lame so lame <laughs> sorry Jason. Uh, um, no but lame. really it's no. like the, <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about this the other day where your traditional brewing model is I don't know it's more like uh, baking I would say and I think maybe I've folded this in the podcast before you put everything in there at the front it's going to be what it's going to be to a certain extent there's not a lot of options mm-hmm. post primary fermentation to like adjust not like oh we screw this up and now we're going to save it kind of thing but that day that you're working on it is so intense and all these homebrewers listening right now know that it's like the brew day is very important that's what we talk about on the brewing network you know here's why you want to do all grain here's why you want this piece of equipment Here's why you want to oxygenate at the proper level. Here's why you want to do a starter and have healthy yeast. Because that day, that weekend day, you're hanging out in the garage. You're kind of locking 80 to 90% of the flavor in to the beer. Maybe that's a generalization, but, you know, that that's what's going on. And when it comes to sour beer, there's a lot more loss there's a lot more unique off flavors. We have to dump a lot of beer. But at the same time, after all of that, it's actually much easier if you accept that. If you accept dumping beer into your life, then after all of that, you can move on and just blend the best beer possible and work with great ingredients, which you guys have shown throughout the night that you're doing. And age in great barrels and then blend and it's not about blending bad character away it's about elevating the idea that you're going for and it's hard to do that when you make an ipa you know there's no Mm -hmm. although after i say this i'm sure there will be not that that's the end all be all but like there's no ipa blendery out there right so it's it's a little more cut and dry hey start it please i'll go to your brewery but (laughs) hey i'll have a 33 percent this you know 15 percent that sure that's great and that's what i do at the rare barrel with our guest taps sometimes uh yeah yeah i've seen you do your own blends yeah and they're often very good oh they're great it's like you're a good blender (laughs) but you know so for all the hard work going into sour and wild beer the the payoff is on the back end where you do get that flexibility and you can create the thing that you really want to. And I feel like that's that's a big thing that's that I'm getting from your guys' beers tonight is that there is that that vision, here's what we set out to do. And I feel like it's extremely well executed. I don't know if you guys feel that way. How how I, I how, feel that way. how wide I mean, is the I, I difference think... between like here's what we started, here's what we're trying to do versus Here's what the end result. Yeah. I think was. Andrew has an idea in his head of what he wants to do on a lot of these beers, and I think 
they don't always run its course, but at least he can say, you know what, that's not what I was going for. I'm going to dump this. I'm going to start over. You know, a great example of that is we brewed a collaboration. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if transparent we want to be, but we brewed a collaboration. You with don't have to name the a very brewery. well-respected brewery that we really look up to. The Rare Bro. No. And, uh, <laughs> no, but he, took, he, he knew There's something Mito's was disgusted look. Nice, guys. You got it out. I hope we can bring a collaboration with the Rare Barrel. Oh, it's going down. Make that happen. Yeah. Um, Later tonight. But you're talking about dumping beer. You know, you got to be able to, you know, you got to be able to do that and set out to create what you intended to do and work backwards. And I think Andrew does an excellent job of articulating in his mind what he wants to make, what it's going to smell like, what it's going to look like, what it's going to mm-hmm. taste like, the body, everything. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm really proud of the, really proud of him. Follow-up question. For a question. failed busboy, you're pretty good. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Quick follow-up question <laughs> for uh, Candace. Why else is Andrew the best? I mean, first of all, he comes home every single day and he gives me the download of what he did today. Every day, every single day. Jeez, such a dick today. He was like, <laughs> I think we're going to move to green glass. Should we move to green glass? I'm going to move to green glass. Should we do green glass? That just is like, can't stop talking about work. He ever. can't stop talking about work. But he has such a sophisticated <laughs> palate. He tastes things that he loves. He just thinks about what he loves when he tastes any kind of beer. And he projects that into what he makes, and I don't know. I don't know how he does it, but he just focuses so hard. He does have a great palate. I will agree he, with that. Yeah, he just bussing not so much yeah. palate, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> he, kn- he knows what he wants, and he just tries so hard to get it. And he's. I mean, I think that's so something committed. that all brewers can, you know, they can. That resonates with all of us, right? We're super passionate about what we do, and it's really important not to lose sight of why we got here in the first place. You know, we got here because we're passionate about the product. We're passionate about, you know, the, the agriculture we're passionate about Mm -hmm. the moments, you know, like you were alluding to earlier, we're all hanging out friendships and and it just brings people together. And it just, the whole thing is really lucky. This whole team is, I don't know where I was going with that, but this whole team is so inspired. I think with do what they want. So what I love about Andrew is <laughs> he's okay with people interrupting him. Number one. Do you love him more than I do? And number two, very humble. You know, I mean, this is a guy who is absolutely killing. I know, you know, East of Eden has been around for twenty years. No, but it is two. Yeah. <laughs> Blink yeah. of an eye. Can you believe it? Yeah. And no. it's already, you know, one of my favorite sour and wild beer programs yeah, these beers in the are country. All pluses, no question. And I'm, I'm, I came out of, and this is, this is my, all my favorite shows are where I come out and I'm like, okay, I've got three or four ideas. This is what we need to do. Oh yeah. It inspired you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Of course, yeah, because yeah. I'm I'm really just an amalgamation of everyone else. There's no, I'm a hollow shell we all, underneath yeah. this. There's, there's nothing beneath the surface. For all it's the content, very superficial. For all the content you put out, there's not a lot of content. Did I say it's very superficial. Yeah, that's, that's that's how it goes. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, cheers to you, Andrew. Thank you. I really appreciate its high praise. I have learned a lot from the Sour Hour, listening from the beginning. And- it's cool to come full circle here. Um, From both of us listening? Yes. The last how many years? I've tortured her with listening <laughs> to this. Oh, wow. Torture. Torture. <laughs> Candace, we need to have a conversation after this. But, I mean, getting back to where uh, we were before, I think, like, what's allowed me to 
create these beers is um, JC's given me almost carte blanche to just move full bore into this. And it's just, I think, finding something you're passionate about and having free reign to pursue it allows you to make the best decisions for the product. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have a uh, great owner like this to back a project and um, allow me to make the decisions that need to be made. And with these beers, I have a clear vision starting off on hot side with the grist and everything. And I try and exert as much control as I can to reach that end goal. But I accept the changes that occur along the way and work Sometimes with what they I can. Sometimes great changes. Exactly. As we've seen in a lot of the, a lot of the beers. So, Yeah, and going back to the, the first episode we had, remember we had the question about the lager that had too many eaters in it. And, you know, what do you do when you have too much eater in your lager? No, but, you know, yeah, you're, you know, sometimes. Yeast can be eaters, man. They eat things. I was with you on that. I was totally with you. I I was not thinking Esther's. Andrew said it straight. Andrew. (laughs) Sorry to ruin that. Andrew speaks fluent hard. By the way, Andrew's also got, like, a great radio voice. Did you notice that? I did notice that, and I'm looking forward to getting mm-hmm, some liners mm-hmm. from these guys after the show. We are, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, there, no, there it is again. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's very soothing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Let's cut, let's cut that out. <laughs> and just well, send it along to Andrew. That's going to be the end of show little clip. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, there's a little Easter egg in these shows. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to the end after the outro, after the little Bring Network tag. Hang I always there. include a little Easter egg. Hang in may, there. May or may not be Candace on this show. As much as I make fun of him, Probably. Scott is a wonderful producer. He's the best. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, so what was I talking about? I don't know. Eaters. 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 That's right. <laughs> Happy accidents. You know, some of the best inventions have been accidents. I know, like, uh, penicillin was an accident. I'm pretty sure the internet was an accident. Microwaves. You start. I was an accident. (laughs) Beverly Moore. One of the great inventions of the century. Yeah, Bevo, don't you have a sibling that's like 18 years your senior or or something? Is that right? 20. 20. There you go. Mm -hmm. Happy accidents. That's just how they roll. That's been more information with Beverly Moore. (laughs) The more you know. Nailed it. More information with me, Beverly Moore. Come on, that's <laughs> none of us are good enough to know the results of an experiment before we start. So mistakes kind of lead the way. And uh, what I appreciate about you guys and a lot of people who come on the show is that we're all humble about where we are right now in the journey of sour and wild beer making. We really don't know. I think that's why everyone's so open is because it's like, oh, I love this beer. You know, oh, my God, a wet hop you know, wild or sour ale, not tell me all about this. And I, I, I'm positive next harvest, there's going to be yep. a 1,000 yes, times explosion. 100%. Again, now I'm, now I'm over. That would be awesome. Again, yeah, I'm overstating the reach of the podcast, or maybe not. But. Not really. I mean, and, and well, and and because if it's Billions. being discussed here, it's probably being discussed elsewhere too. Like yeah. you know, milk the funk and other. You know, that TED means, talks. TED talks, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's it's the pr- Andrew's going to be on the next TED talks, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, uh, he will give a good one in his soothing baritone. I'm sure he's going to be in Silicon Valley talking about wet hop mixed fermentation, Britannomyces, and hop interactions. <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense, though. I mean. 
if I was told, hey, try this wet hop sour beer, I would have raised one eyebrow and expected the worst. But now that people have heard. I agree, but it wasn't sour. (laughs) (laughs) But now that people have heard that like, oh, hey, actually it can be really good and here's how. Of course there's going to be an increase because people, the light bulb goes up. Oh, this can be done well. Yeah. All right. Uh, how, how are we doing on time? Uh, we're done. Okay. So there's only one question mark left, Scott. No. Nope. Oh. oh, no. God, no. <laughs> God, no, Scott. Whoa, you, dude. You know what it is. What's the biggest mistake in sour beer making? We'll start with JC. Uh, I would say, I don't know, putting kettle sour Putting kettle sour oh, kettle bar- barrel aging kettle sour. No, I don't know. Some people can can do that well, but oh, you're Why? saying barrel aging kettle sour is Why? Good. No, I don't know. We just had some some funky experiments with that early on, and what happened? Didn't go Describe well. it a little bit. That's 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 an interesting topic. Well, I think with kettle sours, you're bringing the beer down to, to such a low acidic environment, and then you're you know taking it through with full Saccharomyces fermentation, so you have a Alcohol and a low pH environment, and then if you put it into oak and you expect to get any kind of secondary complexity from bread or anything else, it's really hard just because of the environment that, that you're already introducing it to. So really just oxidizing beer for a while. Hmm. And then when we did it, we were like, oh, yeah, we'll put it in the barrel for like, you know, 12 months, and it'll be fine. And then they were just really acidic, and that was just, I don't know. The ones that did. You learn. Yeah. The ones that did turn out, we added additional fermentables to and mixed culture, and then they became And then that works, better. yeah. So it, it can create, you know, a blank canvas for further experiments, but when you don't know what the hell you're doing, it didn't really work out so good. But you can make a great kettle You can there. if you add a bunch of stuff to it and manipulate it along the way. Without oak, though. Without oak, yeah. Just I'm saying, all stainless, right. can, you can do it. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, because you yeah. guys you are can, making... You can do it. So that's, right, on the Alvarado side, you guys are yeah, making on the Alvarado some side, of the... Yeah, I was talking about ones on barrel the aging kettle I know, but I'm too. saying, and yeah. now I'm like, I'm spinning positive now. Yeah. Kettle sour, good. You can't. Yeah. Kettle sours are great. Just lactic hey, acid don't, and don't age. alcohol and carbonation yeah. and fruit. Party. I think there's a time and a place. I mean, I don't want to get into the kettle sour talk, but there's a time and a place for it, and it's a matter of... Oh... Uh, Rivalry just happened inside the room. No, no, JC's no, no. shooting daggers. I have your back. Over I was just saying sours. there's a lot of strong opinions out there, and I feel like there's a time there and sure a, are. There's a time and a place for kettle sours, and um, it's just a matter of being very honest and true about how you approach it and what it is. And for the Alvarado side, that's why we created the break between East of Eden and Alvarado to separate those products. And for the kettle sours, we just want a clean lactic fruity beer that's easy to drink and yeah it's very one-dimensional it's literally fruit and tartness and yeah yeah bubbles can you confirm reports though that the other reason that you separated east of Eden and alvarado was kind of like the old brewing network ad where sean o'sullivan and nico are like <laughs> they come together hey and sean's like hey we only have to do this one ad, then we don't have to see each other for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. You guys came on the show tonight, and then you're just going to, you know, it's the classic uh, I'm supposed to have old Yankees lines. thing. I'm the professional. 27 players, 27 calves kind of thing. Can you confirm or I deny? Think, I think my heart's very much in both, and obviously it's I'm more focused day-to-day on the clean side, but a lot of these beers Andrew's creating are really special to me, and so special that we're opening up a new spot, a Yeast of Eden brick-and-mortar location what? in Carmel yeah. later this year. Hey. Transition. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, really excited about that. So we're going to be opening Andrew's up. face on the front. Is this an exclusive? Have you announced this yet? Yeah. Uh, it, it is. is. You have ex- it is. You it have is. it announced Steve. it? Steve! Outside of our little baby. region. But yeah. Outside of the county? No. Outside of the county. A Burina oh. exclusive. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we Finally, yeah, it has happened to me, me right in front of my face, <laughs> and I just cannot hide it. Finally. That's going to get cut. <laughs> no, it is not. It's going to get, uh, maybe, I, I might repeat it, like do it three times in a row. <laughs> That's not even my cut. So uh, coming to Carmel, we will have a uh, East Vegan brick and mortar location. Uh, Carmel. Small uh, brew pub, a uh, full restaurant and Carmel. brewery. Carmel. Finally, yeah, it has happened to me yeah. right in front of my face, and I just cannot hide it. Yeah, finally, it has happened to me right in front of my face, and I just I cannot continue. It was so bad. I hope that comes out my iTunes. iTunes release. The BMI the BM finally make a little money. That was so bad. Can I make that my ringtone? <laughs> yes, please. Yes. I'll, I'll cut it out and send it to you isolated. Be oh, for sure. Was, yes, please. It was exceptionally terrible. Dude, it was really you terrible. I, 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 my headphones. <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> and they were still down there, and I had to plug my ears, even though my headphones were on the ground. <laughs> uh, Andrew, did we get your biggest mistake in sour beer making? What do you I think? I don't think so. I should have prepared myself for this. Um, <laughs> that would have been that would have been appropriate, but I'm not prepared. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, for me, I feel like the biggest mistake in sour beer making is. Um, not taking the liberty to try something new. Um, mm-hmm. There are very many things that are done over and over, and uh, I think it's very important to try something new and do something different. And you never know; you may be the new whatever. Yeast of Eden. <laughs> <laughs> the new hotness. <laughs> the new black. Finally, yeah, it has happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, yeah. no. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm done. I'm done. No, I'm done. Seriously, I can't. Like, I've never heard anybody sing in all of the notes at once. What was that? You you sang in all of the notes, all of the keys. Yeah, that's bad, right? Yeah. What key is this in? The all no of way. them. Yeah. At least, seriously, Scott. From now on, seriously, give me a heads up. A warning. Because <laughs> that was actually painful. <laughs> that was so bad. Don't do it. But I also amazing. This is, this is music to my ears in comparison. I love that in comparison to that. Are we done? Can we go drink more beer, please? Candace, any biggest mistakes in sour beer, mate? The only mistakes are the ones that I make when I don't pay attention to my husband. Oh, my wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> Andrew, Very did you slide good. her a note telling her to say that? <laughs> a C note. Say this. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, so JC says, don't barrel age your kettle sours for God's sakes. And no, Andrew's, you can. And, I don't know. And, I, I, just, no, I'm summing it up for you. Put me on the spot. I don't really And know Andrew say. says, try new things. Don't be afraid to experiment, right? Is that way to sum it up? Correct. Yeah, and Candace says, marry Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> good luck with that. So but uh, <laughs> before we wrap up, my, mm-hmm. my that's my fake last question, as always. Mm-hmm. Where can people get... Not only yeast of Eden beer, which is great, and also there's Alvarado Street beer. So where's that? So uh, please follow Alvarado Street Brewery on Instagram, but also to stay up to date with the most recent releases of Yeast of Eden and our new progression progression with the new spot. Follow Yeast of Eden, Y E A S T of Eden, at on Instagram. 
And then uh, our beers are available at all Alvarado Street Brewery locations, whether it's Monterey or Salinas, and a few accounts where you can find your Alvarado Street Brewery beer. Yeah. On, on our website, alvarostreetbrewery.com. Yes, we Find do. our beer. Slash find our beer. Yeah. Something Thank like you, that. Rock Bill. The Hot Grenade carries Alvarado Street beer uh, with Glee. This is where I'm supposed to warn you, Jay. Uh, you need to take off your headphones right now, okay? No. Is this Glee? Finally. Yeah. No, it's okay. Uh, the Hop Grenade carries Alvarado Street beer because it's one of so it's uh, one of our favorite breweries. I was going to say in California, but actually anywhere. Uh, every Thursday, uh, hordes of people flock to the Hop Grenade. Again, I'm just reporting the news. Like when you you know you guys were talking about medals, and you guys were like, "Thank you, thank you." But you guys are just actually reporting what happened. The people come and they cannot yeah. get enough Alvarado. I'd love Street to say beer. you're welcome for your guys' many medals at these prestigious competitions. Uh, I, think guys, but... I think you have just as many. Well, I'm just saying, it's not. I I didn't handle. (laughs) Did you just finally me? Finally. (laughs) The the truth the truth is that uh, some of the best brewers on the planet are sitting in front of me right now, and they're both acting bashful and complimenting each other, and it's a a, a crazy mix. That's not appropriate. It's just true. It's just true. So uh, uh, the Hop Grenade is a great place to find all Mm -hmm. brewers. Best other than the planet. Also the Rare Barrel guest taps. Thank you. Often. Oh yeah, sometimes taps one and two are Rare Barrel as well. Yeah. Let's get the poker game going. Let's do it. Thank you, JC. Thanks for having me. Andrew, thank, thank you, you so Andrew. much. Great beers. Candice, thanks for everything you do. Hey, thanks to the Rare Barrel thanks. for just displaying their story. Tell the story of Sour Beer. Thank you. A lot of inspiration. Thank you very much. Thanks to Bevo. You're welcome. Thanks, Beaver. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Stay sexy. All the sponsors. Until next time, stay sexy. To me, right in front of my face, and I just cannot hide it. Wait, by the way, did you say that Ryan Braun was a part owner, the Milwaukee Brewers outfielder? No. <laughs>